Hi, everyone. Welcome to the last episode of this five-part podcast series for dads. I'm Stacey Bellward, and I'm so glad you're joining us. Today, we're going to discuss the importance of understanding your family's unique purpose. This special series is dedicated to the memory of James P. Jackson, the father of Connected Families co-founder Jim Jackson, who passed away late in 2019. So listen in as Connected Families co-founder Jim Jackson and close colleague and parent coach Chad Hange give insight about the importance of naming your family's purpose. Well, Chad, it's been a great honor and privilege to join with you for this five-part series for dads. I feel like we have maybe a few more things have come up that we'd like to say in future series, but today we're going to focus on the topic of being families on purpose. And, you know, I think the previous four episodes really help get us to this place in terms of trying to help dads in particular come to a place where being on purpose, living and guiding the family on purpose is what we're considering rather than just hoping for the best and kind of living in that rat race so we can find ourselves in. Yeah. And I'm reminded that as we travel around and talk to folks in churches and parents really all over the country now, when we ask the question, what is your family's unique purpose? We rarely get an answer, do we? Oftentimes, uh, I I think there's just even a confused look. What do you mean? Yeah. What's our purpose not to kill each other, right? To to have our kids get along, maybe have some good vacations and some sweet memories. I mean, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. And I'm struck by the fact that, and we mentioned this in the last episode, that most of us work in companies where there's a very clear mission statement, a purpose statement. We know why we exist and what we're here to do. I kind of wonder, we've never done this, but what it might be like to interview children And just ask them, what's your family about? In today's context, what would you predict would be some of the answers kids would give to that question? Well, I mean, kids would have to answer it just through their own observation again, if there hasn't been clarity or talk about that. So our family is maybe about having fun. Family is eating good food. Our family is about sports. Our family is about watching some movies. You know, those kinds of things. Uh, Maybe biking could be what our family is about. It probably would be answered really about what we do. Yeah. Right? In terms of this is what our family is about. We fight and argue sometimes. We laugh and play sometimes. Yeah, I can imagine kids saying, you know, some pretty good things even. You know, our family is about going to church or our family is about giving things away or our family is about taking care of people or things like that. But how often does our thought about that really guide how we enter into our daily interactions with our kids? And this was really prompted for me by the the feedback that came on that survey we took a while back. Mm -hmm. And we heard from a number of dads that they really had an interest in how do I come home from work inspired when they feel tired, when they feel drained, when they know they're going to enter the mayhem of what's going on at home. And I think we have discovered a pretty powerful answer to that that we're going to lay out here for parents in the next few minutes. You know, when we start to, to dig into any focused vision for where we're going, it's really important to start to ask a couple of questions about what do we value? You mm-hmm. know, Roy Disney, I think, famously said that uh, it's easy to make decisions when you know what your values are. Right. I think one of the things that we hear often is that, especially parents of teens, when I do coaching with parents of teenagers, dads in particular, they'll walk in and say something along the lines of, I just don't know how we got here. Yeah. Like, we're at this place. Yeah. We know we don't want to be here, but we have no idea about how to get over there. (laughs) And even that might be a little ambiguous. Like, what does that look like? But we know where we're at. 
is not where we want to be. And this reminds me of a pretty dramatic story that we've heard from Donald Miller, who's a blue light jazz author and now kind of a marketing guru across mm-hmm. the country. And he was meeting with a dad who was talking about his teenager, just like you were just mentioning. And the dad was telling Donald Miller, maybe asking, like, I don't know how we got here, but this child, you know, is giving me all kinds of trouble and I don't like her boyfriend and I don't like the hour she's keeping and how she's resisting. It seems like everything we do. And Donald just stopped and said, well, what's your family story? And the guy's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's, well, well, what is the story that she's a part of that would compel her to do anything different? And the dad felt uniquely convicted by that. And mm-hmm. as a result, without consulting with his wife or his daughter, and he was a man of means hiring Donald Miller at X number of dollars a day. So he, yeah. he, he was a guy, we can't all do what this guy did. But he, he went out and found a ministry organization that was talking about sponsoring orphanages and how much it costs and how much we've got to raise. And he sponsored the whole thing. Oh, wow. And he came home with the paperwork and the declaration to his wife and his daughter, I spent money we were going to spend on uh, on our vacation to the islands or whatever yeah. and bought an orphanage. Wow. And at first <laughs> that landed with a great shock to the, to the wife right, and to the daughter. Right now. But, you know, when queried about it, the dad basically said, I want our family to have a story. And we've always talked about wanting to care for people less fortunate than us. And we give a little here and do a little of that, but it's all kind of random. And so this is our thing now. And I would love your help, daughter, in figuring out who the kids are there and telling their stories and raising, you know, some money so that we can improve things over there. And pretty soon the daughter had a story and she yeah. was part of this family mission slash vision to take care of this orphanage. So did she get on board? She got on board. And without the dad having to confront the boyfriend and the lifestyle oh, and the drug right. use, the daughter was on board. She had a story now. She was part of a, a vision and a purpose. And all that stuff just faded into the background. Yeah. Isn't that so important, the vision and the purpose? Yeah. Like we started this episode and just asking the question, what's our family all about? What is it all about? And yeah. if we don't have an answer for that as a dad, yeah. then our kids certainly aren't going to. And then I think that's where we kind of figure out where that entitlement piece starts to come in as well that drives us nuts so much. Or yeah. it's like, oh, it's all about you all the time, isn't yeah. it? You know, what is that value or those values that drive us? And what is that vision where we will then make decisions from? Yeah. We're not oriented toward the needs of the world. Frederick Buchner famously said, you find your calling at the intersection of your deep passion and the world's deep need. And it's an outward focus. And that's where meaning, that's where life is. And when families can find a way to establish some sort of mission, some sort of value statement that's going to drive life every day, yeah. it's proven to be really helpful for them. And it reminds me of, and you were part of these days early on, when yeah. we had Connected Families, a little family organized for the benefit of helping families. At the time, we set our purpose is to partner with churches to build strong families. Yeah. Really just trying to understand what are we all about. Yeah, and we were trying to figure out, like, so what does that mean and what are we going to do? And we did a, a board retreat one day mm-hmm. and were invited into some reflective space about, you know, if you could say after 25 years you've done what God put you here to do as a little organization, what would that be? And in that space, I, I got a vision for, that I believe was from the Lord. At first, it was four sailboats. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't even quite sure what they were. There were four sailboats in a bay, and they were far apart from each other. But I could see them all. And one of the sailboats was tipped over. People were frantic. They were swimming. 
swimming. They were just trying to survive. And then one of the sailboats was a sailboat that people were leaking. And there was a few sure. people just kind of enjoying the scenery. But, it, you know, most of the people were pretty frantically trying to empty out the boat and make <laughs> Bail, sure that it doesn't right? sink. Uh-huh. We're just here bailing. And then there was a boat that, and this was the disturbing one, or not disturbing, but the hard one to figure out at first. It was just a party boat. People were having fun. They were hmm. all good. I had this impression that there was a leak in the boat, but they didn't even know it. And then over here was this boat that was that was on the move. And I couldn't really even see its people or I couldn't see, but it was a boat that was moving. Wow. And I shared this vision with our team. That's really vivid imagery right Well, and, and we're trying to interpret, all right, Lord, is this from you? And if so, what does it mean? Mm-hmm. And as we started to talk about it as a team, we learned that the, the chairman of our board of directors, who was part of this retreat, is also a, a, from a family who races sailboats. He was astonished by this vision. And he said, what's really compelling about that as it relates to even the purpose that I think our ministry ought to be about is that the rules of racing sailboats compel its competitors, if they come across a boat that is distressed or sinking, mm-hmm. stop and help that boat. Winning your race is no so longer even the if most you're important in the lead, thing. Even if you're in the you lead. You come across a sinking boat. Yeah. You have to stop. And it dawned on us at that time that really our vision at Connected Families is anchored around these ideas because especially early on, we were organized around helping sinking families. It's hard work. It takes a lot of dedicated mm-hmm. people, dollars, but it's necessary. But it wasn't going to be the whole of what we do. We didn't want to get absorbed with that. And so we also wanted to be part of helping families repair their leaks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you start thinking about the sinking boat, the leaking yeah. boat. And then there's this boat that's it's it's a step away from sailing. All we got to do is put the sails up and get them in the wind and we can go and we can be part of saving these other boats that are struggling, but they're just sitting there partying and having a good Mm. time. Kind of the American dream as we analogized Mm. it. And then there's this boat that's on the move, that's sailing, it's on mission. It's got a direction. It knows where it's going. And we organized ourselves around that idea that day and still to this day. We want to meet families where they're at and help them probably move past the floating boat, although there's time for recreation and playing, and that's all a part of being refreshed for the journey. But let's help families move toward being on mission, and let's compel those families that are able to be on, on the move in their family boats to be part of helping those families that are sinking, that yeah. are struggling. That's quite a vision, and it's vivid in my mind. I remember the first time we talked about it, and uh, then some sailing imagery and boating imagery started to pop up, and, and it yeah. just caught a lot of momentum. So what we're going to come back after the break and talk about is how can the families listening to this, especially the dads listening to this, think about moving one step closer to being one of these sailing families. If you're not already a sailing family, and if you are, then how might you share what you've learned with others? So Because we need sailing families, don't right we? On. So we'll see you after the break. One of parents' biggest frustrations is not knowing how to respond when their kids misbehave. They want to teach good lessons and stop the bad behavior, but the efforts to do so often make matters worse as frustration and resentment grow between parents and their kids. Hi friends, we're Jim and Lynn Jackson. And over our decades of working with parents, we've found that there is a better way, not just to make the behavior stop, but to grow character and closeness right in the middle of misbehavior and discipline. We want to help you learn to use those messy conflicts to build skills, wisdom, and faith in your kids that will equip them for a lifetime. So we've made this course to be eight sessions. It's interactive, you'll dig in with other parents, and it's designed for parents who want more for their family than just quick fixes or behavior modification tricks. We're gonna teach you an easy to remember framework for parenting and tons of practical tools that will apply to any situation you can imagine with your kids, whether they're two or 12 or even 18 or more. 
Discipline That Connects runs twice a year. Registration is open in January and the course starts in February. You can find all of the information in our show notes or at connectedfamilies.org. I'm Stacey Bellward, the course moderator, and I hope you join me and hundreds of others as together we learn to connect deeper with our children. Last segment of five podcasts, part two, we've been talking about this sailing family idea and how can the listeners here today consider things they might do to become more of a sailing family. And we've seen some families like this and they describe in all kinds of different ways. There's not any one right answer to this, but there's a process, isn't there, that does seem to be pretty common to these families, Chad. What have you seen? Step one is to just identify where we're at. You know, sometimes you walk into a, a place or a mall or whatever, you look for the kiosk with the map, and, and what you're really looking for is the little statement that says, the arrow that says, you are here. You are <laughs> right? here. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm familiar with that arrow. <laughs> so where are we is, is really, I think, an important question to ask. As we started in our family moving toward trying to understand who we were and what we were about, the first question that we asked, that I asked our family, just to try to help develop a little bit of momentum was uh, if we could be the best family that we could be, what would we be like? Hmm. Not a competition better than every other family. Just if we could be the best family with our unique gifts, talents, or quirkiness, or whatever we have, what would we be like? And I remember one of the first answers uh, from one of my kids was, we'd have chocolate for dinner every (laughs) night. (laughs) Wait a minute. How old were your kids when you did this? (laughs) Yeah, they're probably, my oldest is probably nine, so nine. Okay, so they were pretty young compared to what uh, that I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So again, and and one way to step through that for me was to not get sidetracked with, now we're serious here. We're not just, you know, because that's... That's my, I've got a goal. I want the answers and I already have them in my head. Just confirm what I'm already thinking. So you're saying that's not the approach (laughs) you want to take is is have a preconceived answer that has to be given. So your youngest says chocolate and your response was? Oh, that's interesting. How else would we know? That we were the family okay, that so we wanted to be. So validate and just keep moving and right, collect the list. Because there's gold in there somewhere. Yeah. Right? And that's what we want to keep pulling out. And we started to develop a little bit about just, just what our values were. And, and out of that kind of coming to the idea of blessing and why are we here and yeah. what's, what's that all about. So I think initially understanding where you're at and then inviting some conversation with your kids on a journey, not a, this isn't a one-time we're going to sit down and solve this right now, but it's the beginning of a conversation. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I'm reflecting right now on a workshop that I was at at one point with parents of teenagers, and I opened the workshop by just asking parents to reflect on, what's it like to be you right now? And one of the parents raised her hands very fast, shot up and gave, I th- it might have been the first answer. She said, I'm, I feel guilty all the time. I said, what do you feel guilty about? She said, I feel guilty about the fact that we're never able to come to the church meetings with our kids because of all the sports and all the activities and the music and the, you know, all the extracurricular stuff that we've got make it hard for us to come to church. And I thought about that for a second, and I thought, well, that's one way to think about it. And what I said to her was, well, it sounds like it's hard for you to go to church, but have you thought about with your family, what are some ways you can bring the church to all those activities? She just looked at me and was like, you can do that? Mm-hmm. I was like, Absolutely. That's Scandalous. what it means. What it means to be a family on mission doesn't mean that you check all the boxes of the expected performance. Not that attending church isn't important. It is, and being a part of the body of Christ. But if God has built your family to be a part of all these different activities, then God is probably compelling you and has a way for you to bring your ministry, bring the ministry of the church into those places. How do you be a vehicle of blessing on the soccer team, in the musical production, at the swim lessons, and so on? So just think about that. I mean, the parents paradigm shift 
in thinking that I'm guilty for not doing the things over here and going to church as opposed to we are the church and we're bringing the church yep. to the community, asking the questions. Can you, yep. So you're driving to this event, and now you're, you're asking a question. You're thinking, hey, hey, kids, I wonder if we could just maybe say a prayer and yeah. ask God who might need us at this event, see if there's something that happens, because wherever we go— right on. We're the church. Yep. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, even this mom, shift. as we as we went through that question quickly, and there were other questions, of course, and people in the audience, but it was like, could you imagine yourself, mom, having a meeting with your family that just simply asked the question, how could we be a blessing in the places we go? And just hear what they had to yeah. say and get the kids excited about that. Because who doesn't get excited about being a blessing somewhere? We would even say, and just watch the faces of the people around us. You know, mm-hmm. If you leave the restaurant a little better than it was, or you're walking out of the locker room and there's towels strewn right about, on. but you picked them up and, and uh, put them where they were supposed to be. And, and watch the faces of yep. the people that you've blessed. <laughs> even that becomes a little bit of a motivation to, yep. to keep doing the things that, we, that we're doing. Yeah, we said regularly in our home, and this was kind of the narrowing of our our purpose statement was our family is blessed so that we would be a blessing mm-hmm. to the world in a way that compels others to know and learn about who Jesus is. Yeah, and it's and it's one that I have heard you say many years ago, and we started to just adopt and uh, and reframe a little bit. Mm-hmm. But still, we've not been given gifts to hoard them and keep them. We've been given yeah. gifts to give them away. Yep. And how do we want to go about doing that? So we know that as families have heard this, they've decided to make regular visits to homeless shelters or to nursing homes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or actually a family close to us decided to walk in this idea and to be a family who is blessed to be a blessing. And the 13-year-old was asked, what do you want to do for your birthday party this year? Mm. And out of that mindset, he said, I want to spend the money. And, you know, this is a community where birthday parties can be a really big deal. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, there's articles about how parents are overspending on birthday parties sure. like crazy these days. And, you know, no exception in our community. And this young man said, I, I want to spend the money that we would spend on the pizza party or whatever the thing was. I don't even know what it was. I want to spend the money that I would have spent for my party by inviting everybody to feed my starving children mm. and let's pack meals and see sure. how many meals so we can So packing pack. meals for... So so mom and dad were like, well, we were going to spend X number of dollars on the birthday party. We'll spend X number of dollars at Feed My Starving Children and invite your friends. And that's mm-hmm. what they did. And it was so cool to be a part of that mm-hmm. and to see friends and family and generations together having a great time serving the needs of the world. Yeah, kind of sails up. Sales <laughs> right? up. And again, yep. purposeful yep. birthday parties. So Chad, your family, just very quickly, even as we move toward closing here, had a very unique experience that we're not prescribing for people, but I think your journey is important and ought to be shared because as you gathered your family and asked that question, what's the best family we can be, that led you over time to a pretty unexpected outcome. I got an email one uh, fall day that I deleted immediately, and it was an <laughs> invitation to lots of people, but uh, to come to Mexico to help start an orphanage. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't just to me, so I didn't feel any problem deleting it. Yeah. But my wife didn't delete it. I came home and she <laughs> See, said those faithful words. Work, she said, well, don't you think we should at least pray about it? <laughs> I'm like, no, we absolutely should not pray about this. <laughs> I don't want to go to Mexico. I like my job. <laughs> uh, but we decided that, that we would en- engage our kids in this process and just see if this is something that we all felt like the Lord might be leading us to do. And so long story short, through a process of probably four or five months of regular conversations, about what our family's about and whether this fits, we moved to the Yucatan Peninsula.
Peninsula of Mexico for one year. On I the am, beach, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Right on, no, not close You're to the beach. You're kind of in the middle uh, of the peninsula. Right. It's more like yeah, a desert, right? It was a Mayan village and I learned a lot about Mayan culture and, and our family learned a lot about ourselves. But we were there to, to help start an orphanage and nothing moves quite as quickly as you'd expect from the state's perspective to uh, the culture there. And we had so many opportunities to live out the blessed to be a blessing. But the process of getting there. What is our family about? What are the values that we have? What is our mission? And I looked at each of my kids, and when we came back from a little spring break trip to, to just scout it out, see if this is something we wanted to do, and we just we said to the Lord, if, if this is something we're supposed to do, we want each of our kids to come to us individually and say, yeah. this is what, you know, we should do this. And so over the course of two days, all three kids came to us. I was the one trying to talk them out of it. It's like, are you serious? You're going to be the captain of the cross-country <laughs> team? It's your junior year. You don't yeah. want Oh, wow. You don't want to do that, right? right. And she's like, well, Dad, if, if this is where God's leading us, then hmm. isn't that where we want to go? And I'm like, oh, don't throw that in the my mouth face. Of, <laughs> right? of not quite babes, but yeah, yeah. yeah our, but, our kids. But it's starting back again in that process of of just having questions about mm-hmm. what are we about? Do you think there's more for us as a family than just kind of living together, getting what's yeah. ours and begrudgingly doing chores? Or yeah. is there... Is there a greater vision that we can rally around and and bless the world with? Well, and I know you and Karma, and I know that you recognized how exciting this was, and you made that excitement be a centerpiece of how you interacted and how you involved the kids Mm -hmm. and how you asked questions of the kids. And, you know, folks, as you listen to this, we're not suggesting you up and leave for Mexico. That may not be realistic. We're also not suggesting you don't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) If God leads you or calls you to do some significant things like that, by all means, we invite you to do what God invites you to do. But start someplace to put this mindset in place that we're blessed to be a blessing. And, and I'm reflecting also on some verses that we reference frequently in our teaching in 1 Timothy chapter 6, where Paul is instructing Timothy about his ministry to people, and he talks to him about, about how to deal with the rich people. Mm-hmm. And friends, if you're listening to this, in this culture, people who are listening to us, we might not be as rich as some of the people we look at or that get talked about in the news, but all of us are rich. And so I really interpret that this is, this is an invitation to all of us. Us. And it says this, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. And in this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age, so that they may take hold of life that is truly life. Mm-hmm. And I think in America particularly, we've been duped about what life is. Mm. This is an invitation to a life of blessing, a a life of generosity, a life of gratitude, and a life of blessing others, starting where we are today and doing a little more today than we did yesterday to invite our kids, to talk to our kids about how to be a blessing. Have you got a a closing thought around this? How do we guide our kids to the life that is truly life? Yeah, to that end, let's close our series. Chad, if you would pray for the listeners and we'll get our final announcement and move on to planning our next podcast series. So go ahead and say a prayer. God, we're grateful for the ways that you are moving and you're active, how you're with us. You take us right from where we're at, <laughs> and you desire to, to speak life into us. And we pray as dads that you would speak life into us, that the voice mm-hmm. of the enemy who comes to, to dissuade us or, or discourage us would be thwarted, and that we might hear your life, your life-giving words, and uh, 
God, would you uphold us? Would you encourage us? Would you take us right where we're at and move us into the directions mm-hmm. that you want us to go? We just pray your blessing over every dad listening to this, that he might know your presence with them. And we pray it in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks, Chad. Thanks, listeners. Thank you, Jim. What a privilege it's really been. Really good. Yeah. This episode has been so good and so rich. Be sure to catch the other four episodes in this series. Please rate and review so others can find us more easily. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. All of the information about the discipline that connects with your child's heart online course is found through a link in our show notes. This course is starting soon and only runs two times a year. Register today. Visit connectedfamilies.org for more information. Mm-hmm.